And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the Trackstar Sports MMA main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Last week, I talked about Bellator 205. And since it's coming up in just a week's time on August the 17th, let's talk a little bit about Bellator 204, which just got finalized this past Monday with the addition of Taiwan Air Claxton taking on Chris Lencioni at 145 pounds. Speaking of 145 pounds, last week I said that I thought that James Gallagher of SBG Ireland was supposed to be fighting on 205. He's actually fighting on 204. And the reason I thought that he was fighting on 205 is because of the feud that he has with Team Body Shop. Uh, AJ McKee, who is the flag bearer for Team Body Shop, is fighting on the 205 car, and I thought that they were linked. Actually, the link is with Caldwell because Gallagher is dropping down 135 pounds, which is where Caldwell holds the Bellator championship, where Caldwell on this car is actually going up to 145 for a main event against former UFC vet, Noah Lahat. Again, I thought that Gallagher uh, was going to be on the other car because of the links. They looked like they were on a collision course for one another. That's Gallagher and McKee because they were both fighting at 145 pounds, both undefeated and both rising stars within the ranks of Bellator. Well, Gallagher dropped down to 135 and called out the champ Caldwell. He's like, look, you're you're running away. You're going up. I'm coming down and I'm coming after you. Uh, it's an interesting move, and we'll see how things play out. I fully suspect that Caldwell will come back down to 135 to defend his belt against a worthy opponent, but he's already said that he looks to hold belts in both 145 and the 135 categories. Now, I don't want to go too deep into the lineup because the fight is a week away. Things definitely can happen as far as weight and fighters falling out. So again, don't want to go into things too much. Uh, So we'll just uh, talk about things a bit. As a matter of fact, talked about Bellator 205 last week. Well, Pat Curran is out of the fight against AJ McKee. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. So yet another reason to press pause on this card. We'll wait until things get a little bit closer and then we will discuss each of the main card fights in detail at that time. Oh, but Bellator came out with even more news this week. Oh my goodness. The welterweight Grand Prix matchups have been made for the first round. And Scott Coker, salute to you, sir. You got it right. Oh, my goodness. You talk about matching people up properly. 
Oh, okay. So we already knew that the first fight was going to be a rubber match between former champs Douglas Lima and Andre Koreshkov. We already knew that that was going to take place on the debut card for the zone on September 29th when the entire fight card will be shown on and only on the zone already knew about that that card is stacked that card also has rory mcdonald taking on musasi for the middleweight belt you also have uh rampage taking on uh vandalay silva on that card stacked card and you have this added to it so yeah looking forward to watching all that on the zone so, but we already knew about that, but we didn't know about the other matchups. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. So, in the same bracket as Koreshkov and Lima, you have the fight at welterweight that MMA fans have been pining for as far as Bellator is concerned. The best fight matchup that they could make in the division and possibly in the company. Paul Daly versus MVP. That's right. It's happening. It's going down. Where? We don't know yet. I suspect that it will take place across the pond in the UK, seeing as both fighters are from there and it's known that Bellator does very well when they go to the UK to put on fights. Uh, it costs them a bit less because of the partners that are already there in place to provide uh, some of the filming things. They pack out the house whenever they do it. They're really uh, putting their flag in the UK market. Talked about that a bit last week when I talked about the 22 or 24, 20 however many fighters they signed a week ago, it makes all the sense in the world and would be huge if Bellator had that fight in the UK. So, uh, again, we don't know where that fight is taking place as of yet, but we know that is going down. Oh, my goodness, it's going to happen, and I can't wait. Now, on the other side of the bracket, you have... The two up-and-comers taking on one another. Like I said, Scott Coker did a phenomenal job putting this together. You have Neiman Gracie, that's right, of the famed MMA and Jiu-Jitsu Gracie family. He's 8-0, taking on another undefeated welterweight in Ed Ruth, easy Ed Ruth, 6-0, broke all the records at Penn State. Just all-world wrestler taking on an all-world Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Oh, man. Whose ground game is going to win out? Will it even make it to the ground? Will it be a striking match? Oh, we don't know. But we know that that's going to take place. And the winner of that match takes on the winner of John Fitch and Rory McDonald. And yes, they will be fighting for the 170 pound 
belt. This is genius by Scott Coker. How do you make this welterweight tournament that much more interesting? You put the title on the line every time the champ fights and all of the fights. Every single one of them, whether it be for the title or not, will be a five-round affair. Oh, man, Scott Coker did his thing. Now, alternates for the fight. You have Lorenz the Monsoon Larkin taking on the undefeated Yaroslav Amasov. Amasov calls himself the Dynamo. And the Dynamo kept his undefeated streak alive over tough vet Gerald Harris in Harris's home state of Oklahoma just last month. And that was Amasov's Bellator debut. It was the first time that the Eastern European fought outside of that region. And he got one of his toughest tests to date when he took on Harris. But he'll definitely be getting uh, his toughest test in battle-tested Bellator title challenger, Lorenz Larkin. The Monsoon is looking to build his first win streak under the Bellator banner after losing his first two fights. Uh, He did pick up a win versus Fernando Gonzalez in a fight earlier this year. And if the Monsoon wants to remain relevant, then he needs to dominate the Dynamo. Again, all of the Bellator welterweight World Grand Prix contest will be five rounds and they will all be seen only on the zone. Oh man, I can't wait. All right, moving on to a bit of UFC news. Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, he's uh, definitely getting some press out there about himself. And as the H.O. adage goes, um, all news is good press. Or I should say there's no such thing as bad press. (sighs) I don't know about that, but he's definitely keeping his name out there. Um, And may have more people wanting to watch the pay-per-view bout. But rooting for Connor and being intrigued on seeing him take out Nurmagomedov. Why? Because he not only filmed something that uh, is very questionable, but then put it out on social media. Uh, His cousin, which is PFL welterweight, Abubakar Nurmagomedov. They were out. I'm not sure where. Um, I know that they train and that uh, Khabib is training now at AKA in San Jose. So they could have been out in the streets of San Jose. Not sure where they were, but what they were doing was paying homeless men to do pushups. Abubakar was the one that was paying them to do it. And Habib was the one recording it and laughing the entire time in the background not a word said just laughing the whole time salute to the MMA Bible for posting this I saw 
uh, I saw the entire affair, at least what was put out. And as someone who has a heart for the homeless and someone who looks to find people that are homeless, I mean, you know, that you know uh, are out there and not necessarily trying to panhandle and and just make money and, and doing other things. No, but people who truly are in need and give something to them uh, every pay period. This is this is what I do. I'm not trying to uh, to my own horn or anything, but this is just to show you the level of of heart that I have for homeless people. Um, I know that many of them are out there because of a number of different things. They may have been escaping abuse at home. Um, they may have been unwanted or unloved at home and and had to go out they many of them suffer from mental illness and really should be institutionalized but because of the way that our institutions are set up they don't have place for them could be that they could be like my son my oldest son has autism if something happens where I'm gone and his mom is gone and someone takes advantage of uh, whatever things we put in place for him to have independence and live, he could be homeless. And so many people out there are like that. So again, I I got a heart for the homeless. I don't want to see anybody homeless and definitely don't want to see people taking advantage of the homeless for their own pleasure. All right, closing out headlines and hot takes. Olympian, former UFC champ and UFC Hall of Famer, Mark Coleman shared in a report with the Associated Press that he too was one of the Ohio State athletes that was abused by the former team doctor. There are over a hundred student athletes that have come out after the fact this doctor uh, has passed. He's no longer living, but they've come out and discussed the things that this man did in taking advantage of them. And Mark Coleman was one of them. And I salute Mark Coleman as being a survivor of sexual abuse myself. It's not easy to talk about, especially being a man, to say that there were things done to you that should not be done to anyone, but that they were done to you by a man and you being a man. You know, and I don't know how old he was when things happened when I was a child, but I don't know how old he was uh, exactly when he happened. He was in school, so he was legally an adult. But no one should have to go through those things. And for a man to stand up and say, yes, this happened to me and it's wrong, takes a lot of guts. It it takes being a real man to stand up and say those things. So I salute Mark Coleman for having the tenacity and the strength to stand up and say that though you see me with all these 
muscles popping out everywhere. You know I'm a tough guy because of my record as a MMA fighter. All that stuff doesn't matter. I can still be a person who was taken advantage of by someone else, who was abused by someone in a position of power. And that anyone can fall victim to those kind of predators. All right, fight fans, time for the old one, two. And starting things off, Tevin Farmer has been out in the social media universe just doing his thing, making a lot of noise and calling out the money team's Gervonta Tank Davis. Now, Farmer is aligned with Lou DiBella, and he's been a pro since 2011. The last of his four losses in total, he's got like 26 wins, but the last loss that he had was six years ago. Since then, he has run off 19 victories, including the last fight that he had, which was for the IBF Super Featherweight title, which he claimed in that fight. Now he's out here calling out Tank Davis. That would be a very good fight. And it's a great call out because Tank has a name. Being with the money team, he's been on big time fights. He's got a profile and what better person to help with raising Farmer's profile than knocking off the tank. In other boxing news, Dan Rayfield of ESPN reported that according to Showtime's sports executive, Daniel Espinosa, that the Wilder and Fury fight is very, 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 very close to being made. Now, Fury, if you don't know about him, he's an undefeated heavyweight from the UK who kept that streak going in a bout with Vladimir Klitschko, the fight that put Klitschko into retirement, and that happened at the end of 2015. Since then, Fury has been very, very vocal and getting around in different boxing circles, doing a lot of different things, um, calling out people and kind of causing a scene and making a name for himself. Soon after that, he shared with everyone that he was waging a war versus sobriety. Took some time off and came back earlier this year to pick up another victory. Now, this fight is being rumored for the November time frame and for pay-per-view. <clears throat> That's where things get a little uh, weird, at least from my perspective, and looking into things. Tyson's fight where he made the most noise and where he beat and put Klitschko into retirement, which that fight was really a farce. I, I know there were some rounds where they threw like single-digit punches against each other. Um, 
it was a lot of defense that was going on and things of that nature, but it was a very uh, lackluster fight, to say the least. Anyway, that fight was on HBO. Now, that same fight did about 500,000 pay-per-views in the UK and maybe Showtime Sports deal that's in place would cover both the US and the UK and that's why they're throwing it out there. I don't know. But again, Tyson's been out for three years. Wilder, based on my um, my research, yeah, he's not fought on pay-per-view, at least not as a headliner. Everything's been either on Showtime, on Fox, on NBC, you know, just different places, but never as a pay-per-view headliner. Back when I stated that Fury was uh, on a furious path and doing a lot of big talking, some of that talking that he did was against Wilder early on in 2016. That was soon after Fury picked up his belt. He won in November of 2015, November 28th, I believe. And around January 20th or so, he's at Wilder's fight, just causing all kind of ruckus. As a matter of fact, they got into a verbal altercation after the fight. So maybe the promoters are hoping that the heat that has been building and simmering between them over the years will pay off in pay-per-view. It's a gamble, and we'll see what happens. I know as a fight fan myself, is it a fight I'd like to see? Yeah, it's a fight I'd like to see. Is it a fight that I'm willing to pay for? No. The only fight that I'm willing to pay for for Wilder right now will be a fight against Anthony Joshua. And with Joshua taking on Alexander Povetkin in September, yeah, it looks like at the earliest next year before the Brit, AJ, that's right, Nigel stand-up, he may be from the UK, but he's a Nigerian and a Yoruba man, so I gotta give it up to my man, AJ. Um, He should be fighting Wilder probably next year and this could be a nice tune-up fight and a nice fight to keep Wilder's name in the press while Joshua fights Povekin on the zone speaking of the zone they will be planting their U.S. boxing flag on October 6th when the first fight card that they will produce from the U.S will take place. It's going to be in Chicago, headlined by Jesse Vargas, taking on Thomas DeLorme and Jarrell Miller fighting Tomas Adamek. Both of these fighters, uh, Vargas and DeLorme, are looking to get back in the win column. Vargas last fought to a draw with a brash Adrian Broner. While Delorme, the Puerto Rico native, lost a unanimous decision to Yosdanus Yugas in August of last year. Since then, he's been inactive. The co-main event for this card has Jarrell Big Baby Miller, who made big noise last time that DeZone had a press conference. He's undefeated as a heavyweight, and he'll be taking on the 41-year-old 
Thomas Adamek. Adamek is a native of Poland. As I stated before, this fight will take place in Chicago, which has a huge Polish population. So suspect, or I should say expect, red and white flags to be flying throughout the arena where the fight will be taking place. Uh, Miller made big news because he was talking a whole lot of smack with uh, AJ angling for a fight with him. That fight may take place, but it'll probably be down the road. Um, In order to stay relevant, though, Miller needs to fight, and he's still talking a whole lot of noise and a whole lot of mess. He says sometimes the child needs to be the parent and says that uh, Adamek being 41 is the parent that he's going to have to put in his place. Uh, we won't know what will happen for sure until they get in the ring and sound the bell and the referee tells them that the fight is on. All right, fight fans. You have LFA taking place on Friday and the PFL next Thursday. So things are a little bit slow right now. And as stated as well, next Friday, you have Bellator 204. So we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the time. But not a lot going on this week as far as MMA is concerned. Uh, But a couple things out there if you want to take a look at them to keep up with Trackstar Sports and all the things that we've got going on make sure that you like our Facebook page follow us on Twitter and on Instagram Uh, follow us on anchor.fm and we salute anchor uh, because they help us with getting all of this wonderful content out to everyone if you are an Android user the easiest way to hear Trackstar Sports as well as any of your favorite podcasts, is through Podcast Republic. Download the app. Once you're there, subscribe to Trackstar Sports, and new episodes will be ready for you to hear whenever we publish them. For my iOS users like myself, you can do the same thing through Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to Trackstar Sports on Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to talk MMA with your man, The Voice, you can hit me on my socials. You can hit me through the Trackstar Sports socials. And if you just want to talk sports in general, you can join the Debate Fuel Facebook group where we talk about all kinds of sports all the time. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the Trackstar Sports MMA main card, and I'm sounding off.